Okay, we're doing this again. Remote cold oatmeal podcast. You guys ready? Yes. Yeah. Muted. Microphones work. Yeah. He's just smiling. So. (laughs) I said yes. Yes. The last episode, the remote episode, zooming was so successful. We're trying this again. Chad Livengood from Crane's Detroit Business. He's the senior editor there, and he's our guest this week on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Have you prepared what you're going to say for the, the intro, since you're part of the intro now? Well, we're doing a new oh. intro? Yes, we have to do an intro. Your Are face. you prepared? Why? God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no? Aww. Season three, you got to be in it. That's probably what it was, so you already did it. It's already done. Intro <laughs> over. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on his it's always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. My name is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. We are endeavoring... Our second remote podcast, we're off to a great start because everyone has so much noise in the background at their homes. Everyone's on mute, so it might just be me that you hear until our guest gets here. Um, but yeah, it worked It worked last time, worked well, so we're going to give it another try. Um, again, like I said, my name is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. We are a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in the Naps building, usually. Uh, in downtown Lansing, Michigan. We are going to be talking to one of Michigan's top uh, political reporters today and news editors about covering COVID. Um, Chad Livengood is going to be with us here in one minute. Um, You can find REST Strategies at reststrategies.com. We are on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at REST Strategies. And the podcast is also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe there. You can rate and you can review. And we would love that because... We are really getting good at this remote stuff. As I look at nodding heads who are muted, who can't answer the question of what I'm saying, that's how good we are. I don't. They don't even have to talk. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be that good. So I'm gonna go around introduce the team because because no one can say anything. I'll just talk about you, Laura Beal. Laura Beal. She has given up the dangly earphone microphone this time around because it didn't work. So she's given up all effort. Now she's just nodding into her screen. Hopefully she will unmute at some point and, and, and say hello. I'm muted. You can hear me oh, just hey. fine. Okay. Laura's here. <laughs> Nikki is here. Nikki is definitely muted because her husband, is. she's put him to work. He's painting. And rather than oiling the, the roller, it's squeaking nonstop in the background. And so, Nikki, good to have you with us. You weren't with us last time. I think there was noise in your house last time too, but... There's always stories in my house, so hello. I'm happy there to be you go. here. Hear that little wee? I'm, I'm being muted again now. Okay. Thanks, Nikki. Joe Beshi. Joe Beshi is with us. How's your microphone Hi, working, Joe? What's up? How's your microphone working? If, I don't know. It seemed to be working, but you guys, you guys made me turn it off, so. 
Everything works until we try and record a podcast. Yeah, no, our, our, we should just have people dial into our morning meetings because that works just great. Or those were all, those are better. We're all good. Those are thrilling. Joe Beshi, our sound, our sound man. Nick Delu. Nick's nodding. Nick's nodding because his wife, it's, it's, it's story hour at the Delu household. His wife so, is and, screaming Harry Potter. <laughs> unless we <laughs> want to hear uh, the audio book for Harry Potter. Uh, Nick's going to be on mute for a bit, but Nick, I hope you can come back to us when Chad gets here so we can, you can grill him with some questions. Thank you. And the worst case scenario, you get to hear Sarah read Harry Potter. So that's, okay. that's okay. We should time this next time not to coincide with, with story hour. Last but not least, Carly Buell, our capable student intern who was with us back in the wastelands of East Lansing uh, from yep. our apartment there. How you doing, Carly? Pretty good. I think we need to start this off before we get to talking to Chad uh, because I need you to share the story uh, that you share with us today about your mother's reaction to the last podcast and her, the, and her favorite participant. <laughs> Well, she told me that Nikki sounded fine and that she didn't need to leave the last podcast and she should have stayed on. And the so. best part of that story, of course, is that Nikki wasn't on the last podcast. <laughs> no, it makes, I was thinking about that. It makes total sense that someone might think that because oh. we have a whole podcast without Nikki and then we play these bloopers where we kick Nikki off. Yeah, I understand it. it. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate your mom's support. Thank her yes. for me. She yeah. is a loyal listener. Really? That's yes. Good to know. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> Nikki, really Nikki, good. Nikki's my parents have been better. saying my parents have been saying they're going to listen since I started working here, and they still don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, my parents listen all the time, and last time it was even even a better a better treat for them because, of course, my sister was on, and so they they were mm -hmm. thrilled to talk to her, so or to listen to her, probably more so than me. Anyway, we are going to get to it here in a second. Chad Live and Good, uh, senior editor from Cranes Detroit Business, is our guest, and we'll be right back. Hi. Hey, Thank Chad. there. Hello. You there? I am hey. here. There we hey, go. Is. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That's your quarantine beard going. That is it. Nothing else to do, so what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Are you in the, the, the famed spare room uh, now office? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, about a week into this, like I woke up on Saturday morning, I was like, I told my wife, like the, the spare bed has to go and we don't have really a lot of storage in our house. So it's in the garage, of course. And I think, I, I think I'll end up out on the curb pretty soon <laughs> when it's all <laughs> said and done. Like I don't see it coming back. Um, I, I, and then I, uh, I moved a desk from the basement that wasn't being used. I went in the office on a Saturday with my daughter and there was some on the fourth floor of the crane building, they were giving away um, free, free, free desk chairs. And the one I had was not suiting my butt. Right. So we, we, we stole a couple chairs and we grabbed all of my desktop stuff. And cause I figured I was going to be here till Memorial day. So good, good guess. <laughs> it's getting, look, getting pretty close to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, we, we know you're busy, so we will, We'll get you out of here. Um, thank you for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we uh, we just did the little intro here while we were getting our sound stuff ready, but you sound good, so we will get underway. So great. Can I ask before we get too too deep into it, Chad? How, how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, especially, I, I know you've had some 
some sort of high profile recent public um, health issues. And now there's this global pandemic going on. I mean, how are you, how are you feeling? How are you adjusting? Well, you're, you're referencing, uh, I had a mild heart attack um, Mm -hmm. in May of 2018. So almost two years now, which hopefully the um, uh, life insurance companies will start writing me policies. They told me I had to survive a couple more years after a heart attack in order to get some, get some more money, but I'm doing well uh, health wise. I haven't had any uh, problems uh, with my heart since I had this stent um, uh, uh, put in, like I got $25,000 piece of metal in one of my arteries um, that I I got while on vacation in July of 2018, about two months after the heart attack, I had, I had chest pains and, uh, and I was up North um, near Frankfurt or just South of Frankfurt. And, uh, my my wife and father took me to the Manistee Hospital, um, and I learned something at the Manistee Munson Hospital. Uh, the the uh, ER doc was wearing um, uh, camouflage pants, um, and he said, well, sorry, we can't do anything. All we do here is, quote, set bones and deliver babies. Um, and as about, about six months later, Munson stopped delivering babies at that hospital. Um, and, and, and so apparently all they do is set bones. Um, I have since learned during the pandemic that they have six ventilators, uh, at, in, at the Manistee hospital, uh, but they have zero ventilators, um, at the, um, uh, hospital in Frankfurt. So, um, just, just for, for your summer planning purposes, um, so I ended up getting shipped to um, Spectrum Hospital that night uh, in July of 2018 uh, in an ambulance. Um, so it was a good two and a half hour drive. They actually wanted to send me home to Beaumont Gross Point. My doctor wanted to have me sent five hours in a in a in a medic van. I was like, "No, I'll take the closest uh, cardio department you have." And so, and as I, as I also learned that night, the um, the, the doctor said I couldn't go to Traverse City that night because there was quote, too many heart attacks that night. So, and he also said you, you don't want to go to Muskegon. Um, and I don't, I don't don't know exactly what he meant by that, but I didn't want to find out. So, um, health wise, I'm fine. This is this has been um, one of this has been the most grueling story I've ever covered by, by far. And I I covered the bankruptcy uh, of Detroit for 18 months, and I was in bankruptcy court for a good uh, eight, uh, 50 days over that year and a half period and going back and forth between Lansing and Detroit. And, and, and that, I thought that was grueling and really tough work. And this is, the, I've never worked so hard as I have been in this job right now. What's it been like covering? I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the biggest story of the century from your spare bedroom. Um, it is definitely um, covering a spare bed. It is. It's. It's hard to even describe. I mean, um, you know, we we have a, a saying in our industry that this is the news factory some days, and and I feel like the news factory definitely has 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 moved into my spare bedroom, along with like my daughter walking in and out on on Zoom calls and asking questions and requesting peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I mean, there's, this is just a, a highly unusual daily routine. Um, and, and some days, you know, I, I'm up and ready to do it. And some days, uh, I mean, one day I, well, I got in the shower and I, and I realized 
I still had my glasses on. Uh, I was so tired, <laughs> and I I couldn't fit. I was like, "What the hell?" And um, so it's it's just I have to you have to just sort of pace yourself with this. Um, I, I finally kind of took most of the weekend off last weekend, and that was really good because you know before this we we had a primary um the days before this started so hours before this started i mean yeah and, and just to think that it's it's april 22nd right now and on march 8th i was standing in the diag at the university of michigan with 10,000 of Bernie Sanders' best friends. Um, and and then, like, the next night, I was at a Biden rally in a cramped gym uh, at Detroit Renaissance High School. And and then, the, like, the next six weeks of basically being in isolation in, in a 1,200-square-foot in a ranch in St. Clair Shores. I don't, I don't want to ask you to speculate on, on science or medical stuff that maybe you don't feel comfortable with, but what do you think that the, the impact of those – couple days of rallies that weekend of rallies had and then the, the election i mean if you if remember the governor announced our first cases that like, like what 10 o'clock that night after the results were in yeah you know, we, ohio we, didn't ohio didn't have any of that ohio was a week or two later and they canceled theirs so what is what do you think that weekend of rallies played a role in michigan there's certainly going to be a big epidemiological study of this entire um, uh, pandemic to try to figure that out. But yeah, when you look at just, there was 6,000 people at a Bernie Sanders rally on Friday night uh, of that weekend at TCF Center. Uh, he got a couple thousand people in Lansing and a couple thousand people in Grand Rapids in that square downtown on um, on on Sunday, and then he and then he had the ten thousand people. I mean, that that would seem like that would be a perfect place to spread it, especially at that University of Michigan rally where there was all these students had just arrived the night before or the morning of from spring break. Uh, they were coming from uh, God knows where in Florida and Texas and, and Arizona and California and, and London and, and some other uh, you know, foreign capitals uh, where, they, where they went on their spring break and bringing whatever types of germs with them. And I mean, it's not just COVID-19. I think I'm, we're all more conscious now of this, just the spread of germs in general. Um, and to think that, you know, just kind of in an open air <laughs> event like that with people. Now the next night, um, the, uh, before the night before the rally, the Biden rally, which had maybe a thousand people, I'm not even sure if there was that many in that gym, but you know, you also had, you know, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, the, the Governor Whitmer, all these folks on stage with Joe Biden. Um, they were giving out hand sanitizer. They remember, all I remember is they didn't even check my bag when I walked in, like normal presidential rallies where they search through it, make sure you're not still bringing in something, some contraband. And instead, I just got a big pile of hand sanitizer in my hand. It was hardly, I, I couldn't hardly get it all on my you know, on my wrist, you know. And so, um, you know, the those events are definitely going to be scrutinized. And then the election itself, um, I I voted absentee because you know we can now, but uh, I, I and I, and obviously a lot of people did as well. Mm -hmm. Are you getting out to cover anything? Or are you doing everything from home and Zoom and phone? The first week I was out quite a bit, uh, especially that weekend after um, the first cases came in, because because I was 
felt like I spent most of that weekend in supermarkets, uh, checking out uh, toilet paper aisles and such, uh, and, and looking for eggs uh, for personal and professional use. <laughs> and, and there was clearly just, you know, this huge run on things. But I, I have largely been remained indoors. Um, um, you know, it, it, it was funny, like about a week later, Tim Skubik reached out and said, hey, can you do off the record? I was like, Tim, I can't drive to, to Lansing uh, right now. And uh, he wrote back, no, 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 we're going to do it on Zoom. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> this is this is a um, major, major. This is the most technically effort. advanced moment of Tim Skubik's life, I think. <laughs> For 40 some years of that show, uh, they finally left, um, you know, Studio B or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I went down to, to TCF Center one day and that was like three weeks ago um that was whenever they were building the the uh, the site up um and then i've been out to suburban showplace that saturday they were building that site up uh and that same saturday I, that was after the governor's second executive order on stay at home uh, when all the on um, the fewer uh started uh, happening about the um the boating. Um, I, I live in St. Clair Shores, so I thought I, I should go, ch I should just drive across town and, and see what uh, what was going on at some of the uh, the marinas. Uh, and I ended up just interviewing some um, uh, some fishermen from from 10 feet away. And, and, you know, that was, that's basically been the extent of my field reporting. And do you think that this whole thing is going to change how things are reported going forward? Well, oh, and I'm, I left one out. the The first day of the of the the first death from COVID nineteen that was reported at a Beaumont hospital, um, uh, I was um, uh, I, I was the only one that was nearby, and like there was thirty five minutes notice. I mean, and I just drove, you know sped down six ninety six. I went to that press conference. Now I didn't have any any mask on me, but I've been going to things with masks ever since. Um, uh, I still think reporters have got to be in the room asking questions. Um, we've been doing these press conferences with the governor where um, this is kind of an un unprecedented coordination of, of Capitol Press Corps, where we submit questions to a, to a pooled reporter. There's a print reporter and a radio reporter. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it, it, I mean, with radio, it's been like Rick Pluta and Abigail most of the time. But, um, um, but we, we have this chat in, uh, on Twitter, and we're just a group chat where we're, we're submitting questions. Um, that, you know, that has still been very much better than, I mean, there's other places where we have to submit questions to the public information officer, which no offense to all you PR people, but um, uh, they get sanitized uh, sometimes when they're, when they're submit, submitted through the people that they, um, uh, that work for the person. And so. Half of us um, are muted, so no offense taken, or at least not the full here. So, <laughs> so um, I, um, I still think we got to, to, um, you know, show up at times, but it's, it's certainly, um, it's certainly making it more challenging. Now, I think this video conferencing is, is still a very good substitute. Um, and uh, I, it's worked really well for interviewing people. Uh, I've also been using uh, Zencaster as well. And, and for, if I want to record it, uh, to use it as a podcast. And so there's other tools that we can utilize now uh, that really were just not, you know, hardly thought of before. How is that? What's the day in your life look like right now? Do you have a new normal yet? Or is every day kind of crazy? Um, well, I, I, I basically, I get up at 5.30 and I go for a walk. 
Um, and I live in this, you know, 1950s uh, um, sub uh, suburb of, of, of St. Clair Shore. So I just go for a good mile or so walk. It's kind of my exercise for the day, in addition to playing basketball in the evenings with, with my daughter. And then I, you know, you know, I just do my routine a little bit and then get I usually in the chair by by 7.15 or so because there's something to be to be written early. So sometimes there's things from, from like last night, the governor was on cable TV, you know, talking about um, nail salons and, and uh, massage parlors will be the last thing to open. I thought that was worth worth, worth pulling out and noting because um, mm -hmm. I'm basically – my job is to listen to every word the governor says and figure out figure out what the next clues are, um, which has always been my job uh, too to begin to begin with. And um, but then I just basically was go out writing, and then we have a we have a staff meeting for cranes every day on Zoom at nine thirty or ten o'clock, and we just walk through and talk about you know what's what everyone's working on. We never did that before. We always had once a week staff meetings, so that's it's actually been a really good improvement. I don't know if other news organizations are doing that as frequently as we are, but I find it to be pretty good because we're picking up on different things at all different times. And then it's just all day long, you know, uh, walk, talk, calling people on the phones, waiting for these press conferences. Um, I'm, I'm always toggling between like recording with my phone or recording with my recorder um, and then yeah. putting the recorder and you know, uploading the audio and I use Otter um, so I can instantly get audio and, and have information and then sometimes I feed into other reporters or I'm having other reporters feed me things and and uh, it's just a it's just a daily ongoing triage um, in my makeshift office here, I, I didn't have um, cable and I and I couldn't figure out where the hell I would go buy a, a small television um, I, after after the uh, lockdown got really serious. And so I, um, I I figured out that you can just get a Hulu live TV account um, for $59 a month and I get I can pull up any cable or, or broadcast show. So um, I, uh, I do that. That's how I basically just toggle back and forth when the governor or lieutenant governor are jumping on various um, news talk shows. I just jump on there. I also, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick tour here because this is kind of fun. So uh, we're not on TV, Chad, just so great you know. Podcasting. You can see, I, this is my little, my little dinky, uh, dinky desk. Oh yeah. I pulled my grandfather's old uh, uh, radio out of the, uh, um, out of my basement bar because I needed to be able to listen to, to the governor going on 950. Or, I mean, uh, yeah, on WWJ or, or WJR occasionally, which she seems to do once or twice a week. So these are all my little tools to just basically triage between different resources um, to, to um, keep up with the governor, keep up with the county executives and, uh, and, the, um, and the mayor of Detroit. Yeah, isn't it kind of funny that you are still covering the governor in in such uh, so closely when you you moved to Detroit to kind of make a change and and do something different? Yeah, um, I, mo I moved to Detroit and and joined Cranes for a variety of reasons. So initially, it was really to focus on the revitalization of Detroit itself. Um, that kind of morphed over time with uh, coverage priorities and such and. 
and also just because I, you know I have this sort of deep source network in state government and 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 um, and that was still very much my you know um, specialty and and so now all those different skills over the years that I have acquired uh, have been kind of put to use and sources too. I can't tell me how many people I've actually had to reach out to for just small things. Um, I had to call a, a former state department director yesterday um, from the prior administration just for a little guidance about some historical thing I had no clue or understanding of. This person gave me the information I was looking for, uh, and it was resourceful, and, and, and I was able to move on to the next thing. But I've done that day in, day out, it seems like. Um, and and, and it, it's... It's helped. I mean, it's helped break stories. I, um, I mean, my source network really has greatly expanded since I went to Cranes because I am outside of the uh, the Beltway, and um, I, I, I have just a lot more people in business that I had no, I had no connection to before, uh, obviously, but also in, in Wayne County and Detroit and Oakland County, Macomb County politics. Um, and so I've utilized those pretty, pretty regularly. I mean, I, I got the first tip, or at least I broke the story about, about State Representative Isaac Robinson uh, dying, and I got that as a tip from someone in Duggan's administration who said, hey, we're hearing that Isaac Robinson was sent to Detroit Receiving and died uh, suddenly. Uh, and they couldn't confirm it, but they, they thought maybe I could. And I um, looked at my Rolodex and I happened to have Rosemary C. Robinson's cell phone number. Um, and I called the, or I mean, maybe it was her house number. I called the house and she told me the whole story, confirmed how her son died that day. Um, so these are, and this is like, this is a Sunday night at like nine o'clock at night. Um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I've been um, dealing with day in, day out here. So it's a, it's a heavy story. Um, I mean, this isn't your typical political story or your back and forth or, or you know, what any of us are, are used to dealing with. This is people's lives and, and health. Um, and a lot of people are counting on you and people are hoping you can track down, you know, did somebody die? Or who died today? How many people died today? Obviously, we're all counting on you daily on Twitter. Um, everybody else is coming. But you've also got a daughter at home counting on you. How does that, enter? I mean, what's the juggling like as a parent? to have all the emotional weight that, that I, I imagine you feel the same way everybody does right now. Um, but maybe even a little bit more so for somebody like you, who's really in the middle of it all. And then walking out of your spare bedroom and you've got, you know, precious little girl there who just wants to see dad. Yeah, no, that's, that is very tough. Um, there, there'll be times that she is knocking and I cannot answer. Um, uh, because I'm on a phone call, I'm trying to listen to something. Um, I just can't peel away. Um, and, you know, in, at the same time, I also, we're trying to homeschool her and, and get her to spend at least 90 minutes a day is kind of our goal um, of something educational. And then we have, uh, you know, enrichment activities that I call them like, like barbecuing and, uh, and uh, uh, basketball in the backyard or, or one, one night we started just making some, some modifications to the, um, to the jungle gym because she just wanted to add some new steps to stand, to stand on. And so, um, yeah, that's, that has been the t one of the tougher parts of this. And then just also, 
to hear like my she's a first grader and she 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 you know she knows we talk about this coronavirus that it's hurting people and and people can't we can't go see people we can't go see her 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 nana my my mom and our papa my father and and or anybody else really or i mean my brother came by my brother my brother got laid off when the stay home order happened he he lives in Warren. He was nearby. He's really close with my with my daughter, and um, he came by on his wife. It was already on the west side of the state uh, with with their daughter because his mom had to have hand surgery. It was kind of a mess uh, of family things, and he came by on his way out of town because uh, he had spare toilet paper, and we were kind of running low. And um, and Madison just wanted to just play with uncle Darren. And I said, he can't, you know, just, and uh, my brother and I had this really funny uh, exchange of toilet paper in my driveway. I, I gave him a couple of steaks uh, in exchange for toilet paper. Uh, Cause we, my, my wife and I, we, we, we bought half of a cow last year from a, uh, from a Macomb County um, farm. Yeah. We're, we're real Macomb County. I'm growing a beard out. We're buying halves of cows. Uh, and YouTube channel. I have a good, you knew that you were going to need that cow one day. Well, <laughs> it has, it has, that cow has come in handy in, in the pandemic. Uh, we have not, uh, we have not starved here. So, um, but um, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it, it answer your question, Nick, it is heart wrenching at times. And, and then to, to step away from, you know, uh, calling someone, I, I interviewed this, um, uh, this mother of this 24 year, 25 year old guy uh, from Macomb County who passed away um, uh, in his parents' living room, um, and uh, that was that was really really tough. This guy named Ben Hirschman. Um, it was really tough personally because I had a good friend named Ben who passed away from from an overdose uh, and had a, had a very similar family to this family, and it was just was eerily similar people and, and backgrounds, and 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 so. That was um, that was a tough one trying to trying to navigate, uh, and also having to call up the the doctors uh, who didn't uh, didn't tend to this guy the way that the family wanted because they were relegated to to, to using telemedicine to try to get uh, try to understand the kid's symptoms and he just got worse and worse and then one morning his mom he was going mom was going to take him to the hospital and he he coded in the family living room and died. Yeah. <clears throat> Not sure really where to go after after that story, but yeah, that's you know we're hearing that kind of stuff, and I I can say for for all of us as a group that have been working with clients who are on the front lines, whether they're doctors, nursing homes, funeral directors, um, the stories like this are unfortunately they feel never ending. Yeah, um, and but I feel like we, the media still has a big responsibility to tell them uh, and. Because these daily reports about, you know, we were 60 more deaths or 120 or the number of cases fell 10%, that doesn't, that does not tell um, the story of the, of the human tragedy that's going on here and putting it in context and, and just putting a face on, on, on these folks and also telling their stories because so, these are, these are, these are lives that are just cut short. I mean, one of the ones that I, I, I would like to figure out one day um, in the data, in the state's reporting, they've been doing a, a range of, 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 of deaths uh, in age. And um, 
until a couple of days ago when this little five-year-old girl from Detroit uh, died, it was 20, age 20 was the youngest, and age 107 was the oldest. So this 107-year-old person was five years old during the Spanish flu of 1918. Mm-hmm. So they they survived that as a kid, basically. And and I'd, I'd like to know who that person is and, and tell that person's story uh, posthumously someday, because I think that's pretty fascinating to have, have been the one person who, who lived through, through one pandemic in Michigan only to 100 years later die in the next one. Well, we will get you out on this. I do have a, a one f- last question before I know we're, we're approaching the time, that 3 o'clock hour when the governor uh, goes, goes on TV and uh, your, your evening gets ruined with, with all the stories that probably you'd have to chase coming out of that. Um, has Chad Livengood picked up any quarantine hobbies over the last month that were not on the radar before this all happened? Quarantine hobbies. Um, I, 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 had to, I had to buy this little brush to brush my new beard. Um, that's, that's, that's like the only like new possession I have in my life is this, is this brush that's sitting on my desk. Um, <laughs> we need to consider, Matt, a portion of this for video content. You know, I will tell you, I am my my three pointer is getting way better by the day. Um, I am just making that first grade in school. (laughs) (laughs) It was never really good to begin with, but um, um, so just you know, it was a low low bar. But uh, yeah, I definitely my basketball game is getting a little a little better by the day, and um, um, otherwise hobbies. Uh, I mean, I've I've been binging some sh- a few shows here and there. My daughter and I picked what's up. The show, what's the show you can't? You gotta you when the daughter goes to, when your daughter goes to sleep. What's the sh- what's Chad gonna be? What are you gonna? be? Oh, I watched. Well, I got through Ozark the third third season. That mm-hmm. was, that was way better than the first two. I thought that was outstanding. I and, love that show. Well, and I am a I am a native of Missouri, and and I worked in my uh, earlier in my career. I was a political reporter at the Springfield News Leader and their their capital reporter in Jefferson City. So I I know that area very well, and and I drove it back and forth between Springfield and Jeff City, um, and I just know some of the people there, and so it, it's I I think it's really well done. Now, I know some. I know some Lake of the Ozarks residents are not too happy about it, but I, I think it's pretty spot on <laughs> assessment of, of of the people there. So I got through that. And then um, my daughter and I have been oh, taking up watching um, Expedition Unknown. Um, I didn't even know about this show. Uh, and I've watched a lot of these history world travel type shows and such. So we are, we are like, six out of eight seasons down now. I think that counts as an enrichment activity. It, it really is enrichment. She's really, she's asking questions about it. Oh, and one last uh, uh, strange hobby. Um, I, <laughs> I was at, um, I was at uh, the Dollar General store uh, um, in, my, in my neighborhood that popped up last summer while I was writing the story about the proliferation of Dollar Generals all over rural Michigan. I thought that was your hobby is chasing Dollar General stores. Oh, that was a hobby, yeah. But uh, I, I occasionally go in this one just for small things. And I went in there, of course, looking for toilet paper one day. And I was also looking for, for cans of tuna. And couldn't, they didn't have any tuna, but they had cans of fancy oysters. And so I was like, I'm just going to buy one of these and just 
just get get a couple of bourbons in me and eat some of these things and see what they see what they taste like. And, and that's what I did on a on a, on a Saturday night. My daughter came downstairs and she wanted to try it, and then she liked it. So we've gone back twice now to Dollar General and bought more cans of fancy oysters. And that's that's probably my the closest thing to to a new habit I picked up in quarantine. Living hot. You're brushing and canned oysters. Life is good. <laughs> Chad Livengood, Senior Editor of Cranes Detroit Business. Thanks so much for taking some time this afternoon to talk to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, and be safe. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Laura, I am taking your head straight to the Dollar General to get yourself some canned oysters. I saw tell <laughs> on your face as you were telling that yep. story that you had that's that's dinner for tonight, huh? Fancy canned oysters. My goodness, I knew that as soon as he said that, that that's what we were going to discuss. <laughs> no, good for him, but I I can't say I have tried any new foods while being fifteen. <laughs> Well, how could you? You're, you're surrounded by the food in your house that you <laughs> that you always have. <laughs> right. Well, I don't Jimmy think I've goes, ever even seen canned oysters. I don't think I have no. either. But Jimmy goes to the store and he does all the shopping, so he could buy whatever he wanted, and I would be out of luck. So you guys are both picky. <laughs> Isn't he more picky than you? It depends on on the definition <laughs> of that. That could be a whole nother episode. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys um, the same question I asked Chad because um, start with let's go with Carly. You start us off. You picked up any hobbies? Um, well, I've been trying to run and You're be athletic. <laughs> so be I've athletic. been I've been That's running good. like three times a week, but it's getting difficult because it snows mm-hmm. half the time. Okay. Right. So when it snows, I have to do like workout videos. So anyways, I haven't gotten any better at running. I still cannot run more than like a half mile at a time. So then I have to take walking breaks. It's not that you can't, Carly. It's that you can't yet. That's true. I went went running once and only once during all this because I hate it. (laughs) And I think I got past three driveways before I was like, no, not for me. Yeah. I'm not great at it, but... I also have um, my adult coloring books. I do that a lot, and that's all. Are you watching any Netflix shows? I am currently watching Mad Men, which I like a lot. You like it? You like it? I watched it. I started it like a year ago, and I got bored, and I quit. And I I restarted it, and the farther you get into it, I feel like the better it is. I'm on, like, season five now, so... Maybe it's just because mm-hmm. I have nothing else to do that now I find it interesting. Nick doesn't like anti-heroes. 
it, that show doesn't even have an anti-hero. It just has a, a giant cast of hateable people and Christina Hendrickson. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Why is she not hateable? There's nothing about her that's hateable. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. So, Joe, I think you probably have a bunch of secret hobbies on a, on a good day. But have you picked up anything? Because you're, you're there all by yourself. you just you and your Michigan flag hanging over your shoulder. Uh, you want to know, yeah. I'm, what's funny is I have Like just, whittling things? I am. I am He's like, making a table. I am making a table. Like slowly when it's nice out, I will go take this big slab of wood outside and sand it by hand and eventually I'll get to finishing <laughs> it. But like Carly said, it's been not nice. So don't do that often. Um, the most pathetic, like, I'll, I'll share the, like, the lamest thing I do regularly which is just such a quarantine hobby. Um, on the other side of the neighborhood, there's like a daycare center that has like a big, it's like an old elementary school. It's got a big brick wall. Uh, and I will walk over there with my lacrosse stick and just play catch by myself against the wall. <laughs> and I do it like every day. Wow. And, I used to do yeah. that with tennis, but I didn't know you would, you could do that with lacrosse. The whale, the whale had a, had a Joe side and he texted me the other day. He goes, yeah saw your employee walking by with his lacrosse stick and i'm like who's you off to play with just myself himself least you're getting out of the house joe nikki Laura, nick any hobbies of yours have you started anything i actually started reading um, <laughs> we have some very this, very was like, hobbies in this group we've got someone who's trying running and someone who's <laughs> trying reading <laughs> i mean Obviously, I read every day for work, but I, you know, my New Year's resolution was to read more books this year, and I had not read anything this year yet, and I think by the end of quarantine, I'll have a few books done, so I'm kind of excited. So don't ask me what I'm reading. Well, that, that's an invitation to be asked. Yeah, now we want to know what you're reading. <laughs> I mean, I have this book that, that Joe loaned me that I got a ways through, but then I started, then I needed something more lighthearted. So I am reading the educated memoir, but I stopped and I'm reading Tina Fey's Pussy Pants. That's good. I like that book. That's that was funny. Point. So she's pretty funny and it's super random and, you know, just kind of mindless before bed. So yeah, I'm liking that. But when I'm done, I'm getting back to educated. Excellent. Uh, I've been working on updating my house, so I'm an expert painter oh. now. Really? That's my hobby. That's all I have time for. I work, I paint, I watch Netflix. I haven't really been cooking. I've been doing like frozen food. So once I'm done painting, I can get back to my actual hobby, which used to be cooking and baking. I'll be able to do that again. Well, I'm doing lots of baking. It's not good. <laughs> It's really good, but the problem is usually Jimmy doesn't eat it because he's got way too much self-control. And then I just eat it and I feed a little bit of it to Adeline. But I mean, I told you guys, I basically get 2,000 steps a day and then I eat banana bread and blueberry muffins and French toast casserole. Like, it's not good. Sounds good. Does anybody else want to make the obvious comment? that I'm not going to make because I don't want to get made fun of by Nikki. Do it. What? I don't know what the obvious comment is. L Laura can bake all she wants and she can enjoy her muffins. <laughs> because Why, Nick? 
because she's eating yes. for two. Yes. Because yes. she's growing life. Growing she's life. Growing life. That's right. In case anybody isn't my friend on social media, I am pregnant and uh, and having a baby boy who is due All this month. So, yes, it does cut me some slack, Nick, so thank you. But the doctor would probably not recommend that an entire loaf of banana bread over a two-day period is in my diet. Yeah, but it's delicious. It is delicious. Okay. What a, Matt, we didn't hear what your hobbies are. Well, I, so I, I picked up a couple things. Really? I am, <laughs> I'm taking a boater safety class online. What? I don't know online. Why. I have no idea why. Do you have but, a boat? No. <laughs> um, so the boys, the boys have been watching the Muppet movie, and this will lead into my second hobby, which is more of a goal than it is a hobby. Ventriloquism. <laughs> yeah, so the boys watched the Muppet movie, and I don't know if you if you've seen you know Fozzie Bear drives Kermit across the country or to L.A. wherever they're going. And at one point, Kermit asks Fozzie Bear where he learned how to drive. And he, he says, a correspondence class. <laughs> so that's kind of how I'm learning how to drive a boat. I'm like, wow. I love the Muppets. <laughs> I love that your kids are watching the Muppet movie and not oh. some current thing because that's a classic. They are addicted to the Muppet Show. They got a bunch of episodes of the Muppet Show for Christmas, and that's they every night after dinner they're like, "Can we watch a Muppet Show?" Oh, so the second thing, wow. second thing is I'm learning to play the Muppet Show theme on the piano. <laughs> and by the time awesome. we get out of this house, I'm going to know how to play it on the piano. That's it. I don't even will know what that sounds like. Well, the boys dun, 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 dun. don't they take dun. piano lessons? Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, Owen's learning the Rainbow Connection. I'm going to learn the Muppet Show theme. What about uh, Rolf's song from the bar? That's in the you book. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. No, I <laughs> yeah. no, got a book from my grand from his, his grandparents for his birthday of Muppet Sh Muppet Show songs. So we're working our way through it. That's really cool. Carly, have you ever heard of the Muppets? Yeah. Okay. My mom likes them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carly! Oh, that was a great answer. No one. <laughs> That. This has been the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Chad Livengood has been our guest. He is a senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Uh, thank you all for listening. Carly, thank you for sending us off on that. Uh, <laughs> talk to you next time. <laughs>